Brandon Whitlow. Yeah, I'm Brandon Spivey, and look at this guy over here. Got all the enthusiasm. He's excited. What are you excited about today, Aaron? Not Ant Man and the Wasp, but yeah, no, not Ant Man and the Wasp. You know, I'm just playing. Uh, and we are podcasters. Oh, kind of went out on me during the podcast, but I cannot answer it. Um, but anyway, so yes, we are the Market Movie Podcasters, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Ant Man and the Wasp. Let me. Get some lights. Oh, I can't do it. Just stuck with what you got, guys. I'm sorry. I don't have the up the overhead lights on. Brandon is well lit as usual. Nah, I'm, I, it looks all grainy from my point of can't view. Can't hear you, Brandon. You can't hear me. Did you turn my mic? Brandon, off? we can't hear your voice. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm not muted. Yeah. Nothing. Hang on. I don't know. <laughs> so we are live, and Brandon's voice is. Let's see what's going on here. Private chat. Yeah. Did I mute you? Yes. Now I don't know where he went, <laughs> but we are reviewing Ant Man and the Wasp today. Um. I don't really know where to go here because he's supposed to give the synopsis. I will give you the numbers. I'll go ahead and give you the numbers. Now Aaron's coming back. Brandon, I can hear yeah. you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Okay. Well, you're back, so you can tell us what the movie's about. <laughs> I was about to uh, do it. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, well, before we get to what the movie's about, uh, as we typically do, we're going to talk about what we watched. Oh, geez. I, I hate doing it on my phone because the layout sucks. Uh, what we watched. Um, so I'll start by a few things I, I can talk about now that I've watched. Um, not, well, I did watch some of the Brandon Watch and I've also watched Top Gun Maverick. We can talk about that now. You can talk about it, okay. Yeah, so I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, so I watched the very first one for the first time this past week. And then I went straight from finishing that, picking up my granddaughter and do going to the movies to watch uh, the new one. And all I can say is the new one is a far superior movie than the original. Yeah, I thought uh, so too. I thought so too. Yeah. Yeah. And I can understand... Uh, uh, I can understand uh, what you what you're saying as far as you don't necessarily need um, you don't necessarily need uh, to have the uh, you don't need to see the original to get it. I think it helps, but it's not a nece necessity because you know they show enough of the original. <laughs> yeah, they, they they go into what happened in the original. You know the main things. Uh, it's all over the new one, especially with uh, Goose, you know, and Rooster and, you know, that relationship. <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that has not seen but I think a lot of people have seen it. It's close to making a billion dollars at the global box office. That's incredible. Tom Cruise has never made that. This is probably, I think it's officially his biggest film. 
ever, uh, money-wise. Uh, that's incredible. As long as he's been going, this is he's done this. Like he never crossed a hundred million mark uh, domestically ever in his career until Maverick. So I, I loved it myself. I thought it was amazing. I, it's one of my favorite films of the year, if not the best. Uh, it's in my top five, no doubt. Where's it stand? Yeah. Um, so far of the year, I would say that it's, it's in the top. It's in the top ten at least. Top ten. Um, yeah, so far. But you know, there's not many that I've seen this year. But um, I can tell you another one that's uh, that's actually absolutely in my top ten. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. At least it's in my top ten. And uh, and I would say uh, No Way Home. Those are the three that I can confidently say that came in my, out last year. No Way Home came out last year? It was our number one. Oh, yeah, it did. But then scratch that. <laughs> um, I'd say Fresh. No, X. X would probably be within the top ten so far. No, Scream. Scream. Definitely. So far. Yeah. yeah uh, but Fresh is getting there. Fresh and then uh, X. Both of them were, were interesting movies. But yeah, yeah, I would say both of those Scream and X would be in my top 10 as well. Uh, I got a lot more misses this year early, you know, and it's like halfway through the year. I got a lot more than I had last year, so uh, I don't know if I even got a top 10 movies I really loved this year. But, um, what else did you see? Um, so I uh, saw, so, uh, I was able to see uh, Miss Marvel. Uh, on Net on uh, Disney Plus, uh, obviously watching Obi Wan Kenobi, which is excellent. Uh, but um, I got to see Miss Marvel. I got to I got a screener to see the first, I think, two episodes. Uh, so but oh, so far only the first episode is released on Disney Plus, um, which is a good show. It's interesting. Um, it's a very interesting film uh, show, but. That's all I can really say is interesting. Now, the best thing that I've seen this week has got to be The Boys Season 3. Although, right now, the first four episodes is on Prime right now. Uh, I've seen the whole season. I absolutely thought it was great. Great show, man. Uh, and I can't wait to see what happens. It, it got me in the mood of watching that type of superhero f- film like that uh, or show like that or Invincible or... Uh, even uh, Umbrella Academy, that's what it reminded me of. But yeah, no, The Boys is probably the best, the best satire for the MCU and DCU <laughs> that I've ever seen. So yeah, it's really good. Satire, huh? Yeah, it's it's, it's filled with satire. And those characters like spot on, like other characters. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely great. I didn't know it was satire though. I I thought it was well, like a dark, gritty comic book. Well, show. No, it's it's very it's no, it's satire. You're watching, you'll you'll get you get the feel of other things that you've seen in DC and Marvel. You'll get those feels for for both of them. Um, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Um, that's all I've seen that I can think of that really stood out to me, Brandon. Well, I've. Me and my son, we finished watching the Jurassic Park World franchise to get ready for this weekend. 
So I've, I've finished those. I am not excited. <laughs> I, I watched Fallen Kingdom and I just like, oh man. I was like, yeah, I remember. I hated this movie. It killed my excitement. Then the reviews came out about the new one. And it's just, I'm not excited. <laughs> uh, you get forward to uh, Elvis, right? You're kind of skipping ahead in, in time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, all I've seen was Elvis. Uh, I watched all the biopics they have done of him. Um, the last concert he ever did, which was sad and tragic. It just the way he looked, you know, it just uh, it just broke my heart to see him like that. And he needed help, and there was no help to be given apparently. But uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm starting his movies that he did. So that's all I've seen. You know, I I, I didn't watch a whole lot of new. I didn't watch anything new. So. You got me beat on that. But that's yeah. me. <laughs> so I'm here to do. Uh, oh, also, uh, new shows, uh, new movies that you can watch. I haven't watched yet, but they are out. Hustle on Netflix, which is a new Adam Sandler film. It looks like it's a little bit more serious. Uh, like I said, Miss Marvel. Um, I think there's a few other things. I know uh, the new trailer for Black Adam has dropped. I haven't seen it. Um, oh, no. There's a new action movie on Netflix, Interceptor. It's okay. directed by author Michael Riley, Matthew Riley. He he's like the hardcore king of action in on in, in, in novels. I haven't seen it, but uh, it, it's got a lot of talk. It's like number two on Netflix this week, so. If anyone's okay. interested and you like action movies, he's like Michael Bay-ish, you know, that style. But hopefully he can tell a story. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. All right, so we're going to go ahead and skip to what we are here for, Ant-Man and the Walsh. Uh, I do have it up now, Brandon. So Have it up. Scott Lang balances being both a superhero and a father. It's not accurate. I guess he kind of balances that. Uh, Hope Van Dyke, a dying, I'm sorry, and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside them. The Wasp is uncovering secrets from their past. Starring Paul Rudd and Scott Lang once again, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, uh, my boy Michael Pena, Pen, 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 Penet, is that his name? Uh, as Luis, Luis, and then Walton Doggins, Walton Doggins, who, who I love from Justified, as Sonny Birch. Uh, and there's a host of other people, T.I.'s in this movie. Michael uh, Michael Douglas is in it, Lawrence Fishburne, with some pretty good de aging software at one point in this movie. Yes. Uh, Brandon, oh. you got the numbers? I do have the numbers. I have the numbers. It has, well, let me get to it, a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 2.8 out of 5 on Rate Your Music. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> That's um, random. 88% on Google. It's got an 87% Rotten Tomato score with an 81% audience score. So it is certified fresh. Well... Uh, let's talk about this movie. Uh, let's see. So, 
first thing, how do you top, uh, was it 2016? Uh, Ant-Man, I believe it's 2016. Uh, 2015, I'm sorry. Ant-Man, how do you top that? You don't. <laughs> That's the answer. Uh, not saying that this is a bad movie, but it just, it. the first movie was like, and, and you kind of get this with Guardians of the Galaxy as well. It, it's like lightning in a bottle, the first one. And then the second one, it's not bad, but it just doesn't live up to the original. And that's how I felt about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I it felt like it didn't hit the right chords. It's entertaining. Like, you're not going to come out of it feeling disappointed or hating the movie. I don't think you will. Or watching your watch. Yeah, you're not going to. I think you'll be entertained by it, but it's it doesn't live up to the first film. Um, I feel there was a lot more Michael Douglas in this film. Uh, I liked, I, in theory, I liked that aspect because that's what I wanted. <laughs> but it just didn't work right. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't feel right. You know, I feel like there's a lot more screen time for Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Hardly any screen time for Michelle Pfeiffer. Like. And I was going to mention that we have the return of Michelle Pfeiffer to a comic book film, you know, because obviously she's in Batman Returns, mm-hmm. uh, the bat, the cat, and the bird. I think is what it was uh, entitled. The tagline could you have, uh Batman, Catwoman, and Penguin, which actually was a really good follow-up to Batman. They they hit their mark really well with that one. Um, but yeah, we have Michelle Pfeiffer, which I've always been a mark for Michelle Pfeiffer. I, I always liked her. Um, so, but I agree with you. I felt like we hardly got Michelle. We got more, and not nothing against Michael Douglas, but I, I would rather have more Michelle Pfeiffer. You know? Not nothing against Michael, but I'd rather have Michelle. <laughs> who, who wouldn't? It's Michelle freaking Pfeiffer. Um, I mean, if, we're, if we're going. What, what, what are we going by here in this hit of yours? Are we going acting ability or are we going I'm a man, I like women ability? No, no, it's acting ability. I mean, nothing against Michael Douglas. Oh, like, I like, you don't like I like Michael. Michael Douglas. Oh, he's okay. Michael Douglas isn't a guy that I will flock to the movie theaters to watch or anything screaming or whatever, you know. Like it's not like he's not he's not the guy that draws me in like a Robert. Like, not even those stuff. Yeah, not he's not he's never really done it for me. I've never really been, I've never really been a, a mark for Michael for Michael Douglas. Really haven't. Uh, just not stand for him. I I think he's okay, but I prefer, like I said, a De Niro. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I mean no doubt, yeah, something like that. As far as old school actors, yeah, Michael Douglas doesn't really stand out to me but when it's coming like steamy thrillers i think that's where he was the best at and obviously this isn't a a steamy thriller but i've always liked michael i just i just he just he goes under the radar for me you know he's so I, i agree with you in that sense like he just he's not someone i gotta go see Right. but so he I guess I agree with you. Uh, he, he looked lost a little bit in this. He looked lost? 
I said, I guess he gets lost a little bit in this film, in my opinion. As far um, as like between the Ant Man and Wall, it's really the dynamic of the three Ant Man, Wasp, and, and, and uh, Hank. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Just like I don't know. Like I, I do like that his crew. I like that uh, Scott's crew got more play in this movie uh, than they did in the first. They yeah. they became a bit more pivotal. Pivotal. Um, they were better in the first movie than this one. Yeah. Like even Michael Pena. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I, I liked him better in the first. I liked everybody better. It's with the exception of Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd. You know, you're going to get the same. I felt he was just as good as, in this as he was the last film. Just the film wasn't. And another thing I want to say about this. Walton Goggins, amazing actor. But he's mm-hmm. completely wasted in this. He's it's a one-dimensional villain, and that's kind of the problem Marvel has had for most of their films. It's really unnecessary, actually. Yeah, you know, once, once you got Ghost in it, he's really unnecessary. Then they reveal Lawrence as being the 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 brain behind. Yeah, uh, Ghost doing what she's doing. You know, it's it's unnecessary. Then I do like. I want to mention some of the things I did like about this movie. I love the constant uh, use of uh, making reducing things and then magnifying things, like you know, anything in this movie, like making the uh, you know what I'm saying, like like the, the Pez dispenser, throwing that, and making it big, or the salt shaker, or you know anything like that. I love that. I love the the use of using that technology. Yeah. Uh, and although I'll be terrified driving a little little eighty B car around town. I don't know why she did it. I don't know why it was a reason trying to keep him under the radar. I don't know. I guess. Like when, she, when she took him from the, from his house, when they uh, brought Scott from his house. <clears throat> I, I really, I don't know. I mean, it once, I don't know, once Ghost kind of appears, though, I just, it loses its fun. You know, uh, it's just not as fun as it was. And she's not really a villain either. I mean, she's, you know, she lost her family and all that, and she's kind of going in and out. But I, I didn't like where this. I didn't like the story in this movie. Yeah. I, I just Lawrence Fishburne, you know, he did his thing, but he he was a good guy backing a villain in a way, and I, I didn't. I don't know. It, it's. It had too many people, in my opinion, in this movie. Yeah, and it really uh, wasn't going anywhere. What do you think about Jimmy Woo uh, making his? Uh, oh, uh, Randall, Randall, uh, Randall Park making his yeah. uh, debut as Jimmy Woo. I liked uh, him. I liked him. Yeah, well, I like more. Yeah, I like Woo. You get him more in uh, Wandavision. He pops up in Wandavision. Yeah, but, I saw yeah. him in that. It's like that's interesting. Um, I liked him. I liked his character. Uh, you know, you you get more of him than you do the the other cop that's married to Lang's wife, ex-wife, Bobby Cannavale uh, or something like yeah. that. Bobby Cannavale Paxton in this movie. He just and his character felt completely different from the original because he didn't like Lang. Oh, oh he loves him in this one. Oh, he loves. Yeah, he he's like it's a three sixty here. The ex-wife loves him too, and I'm like, well, I don't understand. You know, yeah. I, but I love Casey or Cassie, and I must I say, 
the bond there. I mean, I must say, Judy Greer. Now, every time I see Judy Greer, I cannot think about anything other than Michael Myers like destroying her at the end of Halloween Kills. Literally, that's the only thing. Every time I see her now, no matter what I see her in, I'm thinking, "Oh, Michael's about Michael's gonna get you." Like that's what I immediately think every time I see her in this movie. I was watching, I was like, "Ooh, you're fake, bro. You're about you know, even though it's a movie, but still, she ooh." He destroyed her. Yeah, okay. Or did he? Oh, she dead. She or dead. Oh, she dead. She dead. There's yeah, no way she survived. There's absolutely no way. At okay. this point, I wouldn't be surprised if it was some kind of dream sequence. <laughs> oh, 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 I will riot. No, I'm not going to riot. <laughs> I can't afford jail. Um, but yeah, so this movie, though, for the most part, though, I agree with you, man. For the most part, it's pretty boring. Um, uh, as far as like, it's not boring, but it's just not. It doesn't live up, like you said. It doesn't live up. No, I mean, live up to the original. Painting, but the, I can't tell you one really memorable scene in the movie. I mean, that you just like it stuck with you because it doesn't. Nothing in this movie sticks with you. Not like the, you know, with the fight scene and the train, the train yeah. crash to, uh, you know, uh, Hornet or wh- whatever he called himself in that one. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say the most, and I'm just going from, I watched it last night. The most memorable scene I can even think of would probably be Ant-Man coming giant man with a boat when he's going for the, the, the lab. Walton Goggins has got the lab. And that's that's probably what sticks out to me the most for uh, the Ant Man character. For me, when he's big man again, and then the uh, uh, him rolling the truck down the road like a skateboard. Yeah, like uh, I remember that scene, uh, like a scooter or something. But for the most part, like they did that, that one moment where he had a, a defective suit and uh, he was stuck in like a little person form. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, but just all in all, this movie it was, was done just better like, in the first movie. You know, uh-huh. were, it was done better in the first movie, shrinking him. That's, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just. I felt they were kind of repeating themselves as well with the shrinking, and you know, we've seen him become Jotman in, in Civil War, so. I just didn't feel like this movie added anything to the character and it just felt like they were kind of repeating themselves. Um, but it was entertaining. I will say that it just, it was forgettable at, at times, you know, it's, it's kind of forgettable. Um, I'm not trying to trash it or nothing. I just, it just, it's not very memorable. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the, um, nothing's happening behind me. I just heard the noise, but, uh, (laughs) Uh, the uh, you, when uh, when Hank uh, goes into the quantum realm yeah. and uh, sees like the parasitical things that every human body has those little mo looking things. Yeah, that's crazy that that stuff is in your body. But yeah, uh, and, but I thought that was really cool to think about, and it made me think about, wow, we really do have these things living in us every single day of our lives, man. And they live and they. And it's like crazy that that is 
a part of the human body. Uh, and yeah. but but I don't know, like the stuff with the I don't know. Uh, the funny thing was whenever Scott was playing uh, Michelle Pfeiffer when he was playing Janet. Uh, uh, I think that was funny. Yeah, that was, but, that was funny. But no, this movie though. Uh, do you feel like that uh, Marvel? It, do you feel like this movie was more of a cash grab for Marvel? Because think about it, it comes out after uh, after uh, Infinity War, so it's the first release after Infinity War, but it actually takes place prior to Infinity War. Yeah. Obviously, we know that the post credit is like the day of Infinity War. Uh, but do you feel like this movie was more of a, a, a cash grab? It, it doesn't really add anything to the movies going forward. The only other, thing, than, other than the Quantum Rib. The only thing I'll say uh, why this movie was made, or I feel it was just explaining where Scott was during Infinity War, that he couldn't leave his house. Uh, essentially. So that's why he wasn't asked to be fighting Thanos. I thought that's the purpose of the movie was to explain where he was. Um, but you're, I, I agree. It doesn't really move anything forward except for the quantum realm. Um, we're getting that in a third movie, even more of that. So uh, cash grab. Yeah. I think it was a little bit of a cash grab. Uh, also, I think it was like, oh, what's it called? A, a filler movie. Filler, still, yeah. Still time until Endgame. Filling that void until Endgame. Because you don't want to come out and release Endgame right after Infinity War. Release one more little movie. Lift the spirits a bit. You know, then you get the Endgame. Uh, but I do feel like it was a filler movie. I really do. I, It didn't, you know, it didn't add anything. Yeah, honestly, honestly, it was... The hardest part about watching this movie was knowing that I have Infinity War following it and much rather wanting to watch Infinity War <laughs> than, than this movie. Because it's just like, I just felt like it doesn't, like the, even the comedy in Infinity War is better be, between Thanos and the Guardians. That stuff was pretty funny. Uh, whereas um, with this, I feel like it's just like, I don't know, it's just like it's an unnecessary movie, other than like you said, the, the quantum room. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's no, so and it's that's only, it's just a bit so that they can do time travel, which they could have, I guess, figured that out without it. Maybe they needed Scott to figure that out. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he's crucial to Endgame. You know, so it did help Endgame by including him. It, it does. So it does have a purpose there, but as far as you know. Yeah, as a Ant Man uh, sequel, so, it it it's, now it's the flat. audio went down because I obviously had another phone call in between the show. Yeah, because people don't know we're recording a podcast, so I can't hear you. I hope everybody can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. You can't hear me. I can. You can. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what to do there, but uh, the problems of doing it on your phone, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he can't hear a word of saying. So, 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll figure it out. But give me a moment. Brandon, continue. Um, I'm gonna continue. Uh, so, oh, really? What do you, what do we talk about here? You know, like I said, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Walton. Um, you know, his character was really one dimensional. Um, he just didn't really add anything, and it was very similar to Tomb Raider, the villain in Tomb Raider. He just he's very cookie cutter. He's very one dimensional. He just doesn't really add anything. And Aaron is back. <laughs> Can you? Uh, hear me? Who are you talking about? Oh, I was talking about the villain, about how he's one-dimensional and, you know. Walter Goggins? Yeah, Walton, yeah. And he reminded me of his villain in Tomb Raider because he was so one-dimensional. You know, he, he, he deserves better. He's a much better actor than that. Yeah, he was literally unnecessary. Um, but, yeah, we can go ahead and get the marks because there's nothing really much to add on to this movie. The storyline, so it, for those that are watching and want to know the storyline, to this movie and not the synopsis. You have Scott uh, Scott Lang in the f- previous movie went into the uh, quantum realm. Essentially, he went microscopic. He went very, very small. Yeah. Uh, and in uh, doing so, while he's in that quantum realm, uh, he came across, he didn't even realize, came across uh, the original Walsh, Janet, uh, and she, she implanted a message into his brain or in memory so that they can locate where she is. They only have a certain period of time to locate her and track her and pull her out of the quantum realm. Or they got to wait another, they say, what, 200 years, 2,000 years or something? Like, it's ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... And then at the same time, there's this character named Ghost whose father was agitated by Hank Pym trying to mess with quantum uh, science or whatever and ends up blowing up himself, his wife, and his daughter. But the daughter becomes her body shifts and she's not really in this presently. She's not presently here. She's here, but she's not. She's like the ghost. Um... And so she kind of, kind of stutters, which was a cool effect of her stuttering from one place to another. You know, just like, like it was cool, but I just felt like the character also wasn't as cool. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a cool effect for her, but she just wasn't. Out of all the villains, like this is not like like she's not a villain at all. Honestly, no, no, not really. No, Walton's really the villain. But he's just so one-dimensional, and he has no backstory whatsoever. You don't – I don't know if they even explained why he wanted the lab. Yeah, why did he want the lab? I wanted to know that. Why did he – I thought about that while I was watching. I was like, why does he want the lab so much? Like, is he trying to sell the stuff for profit? Like, what is I, – I would say that's his <clears throat> purpose, but, you know, they didn't – it feels like the movie wasn't developed well. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> – Maybe they had a rush to get it out or something. I, I don't know. But one thing I did want to ask before we give our numbers, um, what did you think of the the reason why Hank and uh, Wasp wasn't talking to him? Because he lost the suit. He went and helped uh, Captain America and he got locked up. What did you think of that whole ordeal? He really didn't lose the suit. He just uh, didn't give it back. He, but yeah, he, he told him he lost it. <laughs> you know, yeah. He told him he got rid of it. 
Um, what did you think of that whole reason they weren't talking? I thought that was foolish uh, because, you know, Captain America calls you and wants your help. You're going to respond. It's Captain America. Yeah. It's just like, you know, Captain America, like literally, hey, Captain America called me and needed my help. Why would I tell him no? Do you know, how, like, you you would not be invited back to be an Avenger. <laughs> you tell Captain America no. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah. right. uh, do you like that chemistry, Ant-Man and the Wasp? It felt forced. It felt like it, it didn't feel as genuine as I didn't think it feel genuine at first. It's always those type of these type of movies with these type of relationships are so telegraphed. You know that it's going to happen. You know they're going to fall in love. You know they're going to be a couple. They're just telegraphed. Um, I see parallels between Aunt May, like Scott and Janet as far as like the way that she calls her daughter uh, Wasp calls her Jelly Bean and he calls his daughter Peanut. You know, just like, like the love that they have for the girls. And he says that he's seen a lot of his daughter in, um, in Hope. But or, or a lot of you know, but I don't know, man. Also, what was the point at the end of the movie? Them shrinking all the cars to to be in the drive-in, like it's ridiculous. There's no purpose to having all the cars out there. Maybe just to give you a feel that you're a drive-in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, that's a cool thing to do. You can just kind of, but then again, you you shrunk down. What if something happens? Something comes up on you, bro. What are you, what are you gonna do? You know, bird think that you food, you dead. Yeah. You should, like things you should think about before you shrink down. Like, why would they drive? Like, I thought I always thought it was like I said earlier when they're driving down the road and and they're chasing each other in the cars. I always thought it's so dangerous to be that small driving down the road. There's no way that little car. I don't understand how that little car can outrun like an actual full size vehicle. <laughs> I don't understand. Dynamically, it wouldn't because you know the fast takes for you to try to go. That car, it's got it can cover less time, sh- shorter. You know, less yeah. it can cover more places shortly. I don't know. I just thought that it, it's a movie though, Aaron. It's a movie. Don't yeah. don't. It is. It's a movie. It's one of those Marvel movies. Um, uh, I don't really have anything else to add. If you want to go, Nothing. yeah, absolutely. Let's destroy it. Ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie two markouts out of five. I felt like wow. that it. I felt like it was lackluster. It, it was un, under. I don't know. It just. It was just there. That's it's like the literally great there. score, man. That's the lowest uh, score you've given any Marvel movie. Yeah, deservingly. This movie is is that. So which one did you like? Did you like this better or Doctor Strange? I, I like Doctor Strange a little bit better. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it, it is. It's true. Just, I thought, I don't know. So is this like the worst Marvel movie, in your opinion? For me? Uh, I don't know. As of right now, and what we've watched, yes, Eternals pretty stand out to me. I like Black Widow more now than I did the first time I watched it, so it's not that any longer. Uh, Dark World, like I said, is still pretty low. Uh, Iron Man 3 moved up a little bit for me. 
I'm trying to think of just what I thought was pretty bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I say that this is probably the, the worst uh, for me so far. Wow. Uh, other than Doctor Strange, like both of them are pretty equally bad, but this one, I just felt like was just completely unnecessary. I just felt like it's unnecessary. I didn't like this. It wasted my time, honestly. Yeah, but yeah, what's your numbers? I'm gonna give it a a three out of five. Three out of five. Three out of five. Uh, it was entertaining, but it really didn't add anything. It really was fill. It was a filler movie, uh, but I was entertained by it. So I want to give it a three. May I'm I'm probably being generous, <laughs> but yeah. but I'm gonna. I didn't dislike it, so you know. There you have it. I didn't want to watch it either. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I gotta watch this movie. Um, I didn't really. I didn't like it that much when I first saw it. I was like, I don't know. All right, but yeah. So next week we have uh, Infinity War. Uh, we'll be back with that. Maybe by that point, I've seen Jurassic Dominion or whatever it's called. Jurassic World Dominion. I don't know. Uh, but in the meantime, and in between time, and Whitlow. Oh, I'm Brandon Spivey. But if you like this episode, click like and subscribe. <laughs> said it. I try to point at you, but it's point is inverted. There you go. Yeah, good job. All right. Well, yeah, if you like it, subscribe, share, uh, like, comment on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you watch this anywhere else, comment. Uh, if you watch this on Facebook, comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know, did you like this movie? Uh, what character did you like in this movie? Did, uh, um, we mentioned briefly Lawrence Fisherman's uh, CGI, like the de-agent. I was going to ask you about that. What did you think about that before we leave? What did you think about that? If he would have actually looked like he did in his younger days, I would have loved it. But he looked like his his body size, I mean, you know. Looked yeah, like- absolutely. Because we know he was, a, he was a slimmer guy back when he yeah. was younger. Like like his face looked like, uh, I would say, Boys in the Hood almost, yeah. or even uh, no, Nightmare in the Street uh, 3. But uh, but yeah, but his body was current, and yeah, that's that's not accurate. Yeah. That's disproportionate. <laughs> but, all right, it is, it is really cool that they can do that. You know, I don't know that's how much it would cost, but you know, for older actors, you know, CGI that. I mean, if it doesn't cost so much, I would love movies like that with older actors now. I mean, but it probably wouldn't look t- right if the weight wasn't right. Well, the De Niro one did look like, remember, and then we can end it, but it's just interesting. It's interesting thought. The De Niro thing they did in The Irishman, uh, I think I think we said that the face didn't look bad, but you could tell it was a 70-something-year-old man. Like, yeah. when he was acting, you could, feel, you could tell that the way he was moving was like an older person. The smartest thing, that which is easy to do in Halloween Kills, but the smartest thing they did in Halloween Kills is have a younger man play uh, uh, 1974 Michael or whatever. Or whatever the, I forget the date. I think 74, 74 I want to say. Uh, uh, Michael. Uh, I think it might be 74. I'm, I'm confusing myself now. But retro Michael. Yeah. And the, the younger guy that moved young. 
instead of having like J- James U. Courtney play him when he's younger, you know. But you can, I think you could do that with the Marvel movies, like if they DH, say somebody in a in a movie. I mean, they did it with body. Yeah, have somebody be a body, stand in as a body double. But, you know, just put the face, yeah. It, it works. It'll work that way. Yeah, and they did it for Sam and Captain Marvel, which, I mean, he still looks, body-wise, length-wise, he still looks pretty much the same. He's not really gained a lot of weight. I mean, yeah. from my memory of him when he was younger. But, but uh, yeah, that, that, and Captain Marvel took place in 93, 94, maybe. I was 90-something. It was 90. Oh, I know. His body, uh, uh, Sam Jackson's body then was pretty similar to that. I think he put on a lot more weight now than, you know. I don't know. Well, if you think about it, because in the 90s, we had uh, Reservoir Dogs. Not Reservoir Dogs, but... Um, Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction, yeah. He was pretty slim in Pulp Fiction, I felt. Yeah. Um, that's my first time really experiencing Sam Jackson. Bro. All right, we can end this. Um, thank you all for watching us. Uh, we'll be back next week for it. Uh, Endgame. No, Infinity War. Not Endgame. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>